from Oakville, I'm Alon. There's Walsh. What are we doing today, dude? Uh, I fucked up already. No, you're doing great. Um, we are, this is the mid-priced player bracket pod extravaganza. So this is really where you're going to make your money, the meat and potatoes, mid-priced guys. We're looking at seven to eight, five strikers, seven to eight, five midfielders, and then the five and five, five defender options. We'll get to goalies if we have time. Where would you like to start? There are so many guys, dude. <laughs> a lot of guys, a lot of action. The pods been pushed back two days, and more and more guys just kept adding to the list, I think. So why don't we just start with striker like we did last pod? Yeah. So I think the 8 and 8-5 brackets are a little bit interesting. We're talking about Firmino there on, on pool, who's the – Cheapest attacking cover for the non Lalana and Wijnaldum types. Mm-hmm. Vardy, who's still somewhat a little under the radar, even though he started to return pretty well towards the end of last season. We have Batshuayi, who's less attractive with Murata there, but could emerge down the road. Giroud, not attractive with every team seemingly buying strikers, so I don't know where he's going to go. But the eight bracket, you have Benteke and Defoe. So for me in those names, I guess a little loose Sturge, Firmino, Defoe, and Benteke are to me the three standouts in the eight eight five brackets as real viable options there. Um, how do you see it? Um, they're, they're the most obvious for sure. I mean, yeah, you can't really even consider Batshuayers, Rude, or Sturridge at this point, so it's not worth talking about them, but... It, it is important to emphasize Vardy, I think, because, I mean, they were such a nightmare last season, pretty much the entire season. And then late February onwards, Vardy was – I remember I had him. Like, he was insane. Like, I was outscoring people with, like, Lukaku when I made that swap. He was probably second best to only Kane of forwards in the second half of last season, or even later than the second half, like last – 10 games or something Really, like that. once Shakespeare got there and yeah. they kind of went back to their old identity, he started to fire again. Yeah, so, I mean, it's weird because they still have so many forwards. I don't, I don't know what they're doing with their, like, team structure, but Vardy still should be the main man there, and I could see him having a nice little bounce back here. But. Yeah, could do. The one thing that's not helping him out is their opening fixtures are tough. They've got a handful of tough games in their opening, you know, a month and a half oh or so. God. so. Brutal. I just looked at yeah, it. Yeah, so that's that's a tough one for Vardy from Game Week 1 perspective. But he could be someone just, honestly, when I'm looking at this this price bracket and the striker and then when we get to midfield, really what this this price bracket is for both of those positions is your team structure. How many heavy hitters are you going to afford? There's no doubt that the premium bracket striker a lot, like the Lacazette, Kane, all those fucking Aguero, Lukaku, yeah. all the ten up. Those are your captain op, captaincy option, real big guys where you really probably want two of them. So what you're looking at from the third striker spot, if you're going to have a third striker as your regular starter, is what kind of price bracket do you want to earmark for your team in that structure? So, you know, the 858 guys, I think Vardy's another one to throw into the hat, but I think Firmino is still a very good option. As I mean, he's going to be nailed on theoretically, depending on how he rotates with Champions League. But Defoe, is, he, he just always scores goals. And he, even though he's a little older, he's playing on a team that generates a lot of chances. So he should be a fine pick. And then Benteke with, with Palace's nice fixtures at the beginning. I think if you pick one of those 8-8-5 to eight, five guys as your third striker and you're going a little bit heavy up top, you know, you have some fallback options there if the guy you pick doesn't necessarily hit. Yeah, I just, uh, to be honest, I'm just not shopping in this bracket at all. Like, I, I started, I think my first tinker I had Defoe, and then more recently I had Firmino, and I have neither now. And to me, it's just like, these are very safe, a little bit boring options with very low upside. Like, I don't really see any of these guys, like, having a huge explosion where they just, like, go nuts and everyone has to get them and they rise a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah, Versus it's like, like a high floor, low ceiling type. Yeah, place. where it's, like, you can shop maybe, like, seven, six, five range, maybe even six, and you'll most likely pick the wrong one. But I feel like at least one of them will keep pace with one of these guys. Right. And... 
therefore I'm just not interested. Like I, I have Chaz Austin in right now, and well, when he's fit, I mean, it, he's just he scores yeah, he's at the same sold. rate as all of these guys. So that's an interesting thing too, right? If you go down to the six five or seven region, it really will afford you an extra premium midfielder, for example, rather than if you stay in this kind of upper mid price bracket eight eight five, you're kind of stuck with a similar midfielder in that price bracket where we'll get there, where maybe the options for value aren't necessarily that uh, that that obvious. So I think with that segueing into the seven fives and the sevens, I mean. King, kind of the forgotten man now that he's playing striker for FPL game. I don't know how he's going to do there. And now that I, they have Defoe, so who knows where he's Defoe. even going to play. Exactly. And then I do think that Rooney is a little bit of an interesting one because he seems a little bit revitalized in the preseason and their fixtures are terrible to begin with. So you're not going to want to go there for game week one. But again, realistically with this price bracket, it's one slot on your team because you're not going to have more than one striker in this price bracket because you're going to want those premium guys you only need one to hit so the more abundance of names that you have in that player pool the more likely you are to be able to go on and off the form players in this price region so i think rooney could be a viable option at one point who knows with united maybe rashford is a viable option your rent day last season had a lot of bright spots um what do you what do you think in the seven five bracket there yeah i the this I have the same standout as you as Rooney and also sent Sandro. I know I shat on him like last pot or two pots ago, but we were just saying that those eight five and eight million guys are high floor, low ceiling. Well, Rooney and Sandro are the opposite. They're both really risky, but they could be return huge value because Everton is still a top six seven team, and they're both seven five. You know, so saving a million on Firmino and Vardy and stuff. And yeah, so yeah, and I again, mean, you know, with the value too, right? Because when we're looking at them in the same sentence, but you chop a million off the bra- off the price, you know, if you hit Rooney at the right run of fixtures versus having someone like Firmino in the you know that million's big. You know? Yeah, so it's like where where do you want to take your risks? Ideally, all of your big heavy guys are all just returning regularly and as good as their price and as good as you anticip- anticipated them to be. But if you just sprinkle in a few budget guys with that are riskier with higher ceilings and something, and you hit on one or two, that's where you get your Mareses of two years ago, your Kings, your Ramses of four years ago. That's where they come from. And this is where you make your money. This is where you separate your team. Everyone's going to have the same, you know, premiumy guys and captaining whatever. But getting these mid-price players right is something that will propel you, especially in the early doors when starting strong is so important. Um, so, I mean, looking at the seven-striker bracket, I think favorite of both of ours, brand new little Mexican into the league, little P. Chicorito. So He's the Mexican he Defoe, gonna, dude. Yeah, you thought he was going to come in pretty high. I thought I was it was going to be like of, nine or eight, five. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, his his average minutes played per goal scoring return is up there with some of the best players that have ever struck the ball in the Premier League. Yeah, I think it's fifth Priced best seven, all time. Priced at seven. West Ham were such a mess last year. It's a tough one to go into game week one when they have all these away fixtures and shit with a West Ham attacker. But he's as clinical and lethal as they come from the striking standpoint and He's going to be nailed on. He should lead the team in goals. At 7-0, he feels like an outstanding value who will be in all of our teams at some point in the season. It's just a matter of when, not if, I think. Yeah, I agree. I don't want to start with him. I'm pretty much, as much as I love Arnie and Cheech and Lanzini, I'm pretty much just avoiding West Ham full stop to start the year. They have the three aways, as you mentioned, and they've just changed so much of the team. Like, there has to be some betting in time for these guys to gel together. I also really want to know who's on pens because yeah, it's gonna be Lanzini was on well, last year, then Arnie Noble. came, who's a monster, and now Cheech is here. I don't know. If Noble comes back into playing Holden, Noble, too. Like, yeah, like he's 50 years old. He probably wouldn't let anyone else take the ball. Yeah, I, I seriously like have no idea what formation they're going to play. And no idea who's going to play where other than Chicharito at striker. So I just yeah. want to see, let them bet in a little bit and let them get going and maybe hit a yeah. nice run of fixtures, and that's when we can all pounce. 
Yeah, so that but that's the kind of thing that's interesting is we have we have a handful of names in this price bracket for your third striker spot. And you know, you could earmark a transfer to Chikorito with someone like Austin who I think we'll get into more next pod, but you know, a lot yeah. of options I think in that third striker slot, unlike last season where everyone was a big struggle to find someone well, who would be regularly returning in the third strike. Yeah, and, and they're priced really well, and I think the position changes of Firmino and King were really good too, just for more guys. Yeah, but yeah. that really was the problem last season, was there so few guys just in so few guys. region. Yeah, so it it leaned, it lended itself towards the 3-5-2 formation, which a lot of people were successful with last season if they jumped on early enough. Yeah, I think traditional FPL pricing is like, Heavy nailed guys are like nine and up, and then between nine and like seven are just like weird dead space of just like yeah. these guys are good, but they're all backups or they're all hurt or something. And then everyone yeah, backups else is on six, good teams, yeah. And then everyone else is six five or lower, so everyone yeah. had the same structure and it was boring. Yeah, so it's a good job I think by the pricing, and I think there are a lot of names in there. I mean, a couple we didn't touch on: Ianacho and Gabby Adini. We'll see. What's going on with Southampton with them and Yeah, and if he gets a move. Yeah, he was I thought he moved to like Leicester. I don't know what's Yeah, going Leicester on. West Ham were rumored for him, but I guess it didn't take it seems like he's gotta go somewhere, but I, the the options are running out. I don't think he's gonna want to go to like a relegation team. We didn't talk Although about I could see Lucas him doing Perez really well either. I could see Ianacho doing really well in like Newcastle with Rafa. I think Ianacho is incredible. Yeah, he's good. I'm a huge fan. So wherever he goes, I'm very interested. I don't know, Lucas Perez, dude, scored a goal last year. He had a clean sheet. <laughs> I love Lucas Perez, dude. What a guy. I feel like these preseason pods, there's so much to cover that I'm not, like, loose. I'm, no, I'm not loose. I'm, like, stressed. No, like, la- yeah, so I'm stressed. I'm, I'm sweating. Like, last pod, we were, like, clinical, but we weren't funny or loose. Because we were just Not like funny. reading off of a list of like, okay, That's we need to talk about doing, this guy. Cause, cause behind the scenes pod, I don't look at shit when we pod normal. Normal pods fucking, are not like, like this. I'm yeah. like alt tabbing between like porn and the <laughs> FPL team and like it's just happening. Six beers deep. I'm like yeah, taking a shit while potting. Like now it's, it's like a proper list of things that we have to get through and it's like an agenda. I'm yeah, it's, it's just the only way to do it though. Yeah, we have to cover it to give the people what they want. Oh, my God. We give them All what right, they midfield. want. So I think the midfield seven, 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 whatever the fuck. Do you bracket, like it? Oh, I don't like it. I love it. Okay. Love it. I, okay. I fucking love it. There are so many guys that so have guys. ability to return at a premium midfield you know, slot in this range between seven and eight, realistically, a five that – I have like a few guys in my current side, and it's part of the reason why I'm still sticking with the three five two is because there are so many players I like in the slot. Who do you have right now in this in this slot between eight five and seven? Right now, I have Willian and Tadic, and then I've, I I mean Willian and Zaha, and Tadic is six five, so he's a little bit under. Yeah, I, I have Willian and Rambo. Yeah, but it's basically three guys, or you're a stone's throw or a small downgrade away from three guys in this bracket. Yep. Um, so, I mean, let's start with the seven bracket, I think, because it's a little bit mo- the most interesting to me is that midfield 7.0. You have Ramsey, uh, Zaha, and then from Chelsea, you have Fabregas, possibly, with Pedro out, I don't know, and Willian. And then you've got Wijnaldum, a little bit of a rogue shout, Mata, a little rogue shout, and then... The trio of the West Ham guys, Arnautovic, Andre Ayew, and Lanzini. Oh, my God. Ayew, I didn't even mention last segment when I was talking about West Ham. They have so many guys. They have so many guys. I I think West Ham could have a very good season. They don't have their Olympic Stadium inaugural bullshit. I just don't know if I believe in Billich, even though I want to believe and I want to smoke fags with them. I just don't know if I believe. I know I do not believe in Billage, but I think that they have they have so many quality players on that team that as long as he doesn't get fucked by injury like to the extent that he did last year, I think like you or I could manage that team to like a tenth place. Finish. There's there's definitely gonna be a lot of like one ones where on like eighty four he just subs on three strikers. You know, he's just like Ashley oh, yeah. Fletcher, Ayu, and Carroll go on. He doesn't know what he's doing, but yeah, I I love Lanzini last year. I think that he's going to have 
another step forward. He's just he oozes class. He is class, yeah. And then Arnie, we know what he does when he's on form. He just terrorizes defenses on that flank. So I think they've just and Andre, you know, with his pace, he's very versatile. Not to mention Antonio up in the seven five bracket with Chicker Chicker Chich what the fuck? Cheech Arita. Cheech fuck, Mexican fuck. <laughs> they have What so do you call many... him? You call him like little P? Yeah, that's his nickname. Is that actually his nickname? Actual. Oh, because I thought Chicharito was his nickname, you know? They're all nicknames. I mean, he, he's Mexican, but he's really, like, Brazilian with 50 names. Uh, I love I love those names. Oh, yeah, Chicharito means little P. That's amazing. Oh, there you go. There we go. Let's fucking we're, we're, go. We're bilingual on FMI. Yeah, let's here. fucking go, dude. Let's yeah, no, I, I like the seven range a lot, and West Ham is very interesting, but let's not turn into fucking hammer pod right now. <laughs> so Wilf, Wilf is the I mean we could we can turn into Palace but Wilf is going to just be the best thing this year of life he's been he looks actually faster in the preseason China games that we played that's scary and he was the most foul player in the Premier League last year DeBoer is fucking sucking his dick and saying he's going to build the team around him which he basically is doing if we're playing this 3-4-3, which we've kind of experimented with so far, and we're going to play this possession-based blah, 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 he's going to be almost playing at his out of position. He, I think he's just going to Yeah, it seems forward. like three at and the back is the way to go. That, that yeah. That's what DeBoer is doing, right? Yeah, I mean, that's all early indications. I don't know if he's going to... Grant, we played three at the back against Liverpool, and we fucking lost 2-0, and we didn't really do much. Then we played three at the back against Timor in our price bracket at West Brom, and we just ran truck on them, so... I don't know if he's going to have to revert to something a little bit more defensive, but he does does want to try and push the push the car into more possession based football. But if that's the case, Wilf is just going to take a step forward. He's he's not going to be a Palace player for many more years because he's going to be bought by a bigger club soon. And even though he was five five last year and had that price hike, he's so clinical. He's always going to get assists for drawing penalties in the box, getting fouled in the box, and. I think for me, it's him and William as they're both the seven O's in my team. I think they're definitely the most favorable options for game week one, especially with looking at the fixtures for Palace. We got a couple good ones. Yeah, Hazard at William's going to game week three. Yeah, yeah, William's going to be on pens and shit, and he always steps up when Hazard's Is he? out. Yeah, I think so. I think he took a pen. Last time they had a pen when Haz was off, I think he took it. Okay, yeah, we need to research that because there's. Yeah. Like Fab takes set pieces, Alonzo takes set pieces, Louise takes set pieces. So I, I wasn't sure really how much he'd be on. I don't think that they would. I think that he's usually on all their direct frees. Yeah, right that makes directs, sense. I think Williams. Yeah, and Alonzo. Indirects are Fab. Alonzo's on left direct, and Williams on. Or uh, sorry, Fabregas is on indirects, all indirects, but. He also takes a lot of corners. Yeah, he reason. takes a lot of corners. He took corners against Byron and shit in that yeah. preseason game. But I mean, with Gaza lurking, he's always a assist yeah. shot on the corner. But yeah, Zaha, dude, I mean, I don't have much to add to that. You're the Palace specialist. I think he's really, really good, and I'm surprised he's still on Palace. There are all those Spurs yeah. rumors. Like, I don't know where teams are getting off, like, paying whatever they paid for like Arnautovic and a top team's not paying for Zaha. It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. With Wolf's age, he really has only done it for one full season this past, but I think it's the kind of thing that he's going to take a step forward. And he's we'll just probably, been getting so much better and better, yeah. though. You know, so it's we'll like... We'll probably get something in the 40 mil region for him next offseason, and he'll go to someone like Spurs, I imagine. Yeah, you just think about like Sterling had his like breakout year, then he had like a weird, shitty year at Liverpool, and he goes for $50 million and I don't yeah. know. It just seems like he should have gone. But, yeah, he's great. I love him. We both have Willian. Um, there's not that much to say about him either. I mean, he always returns when he's playing. He is super lethal, super fast. He can score on any free kick. He just has a really good, like, points-per-minute return, and, and he had that last year even off the bench. Hazard out for like at least three-ish weeks. I also was thinking like, to me, William could take over Pedro's job. Like, why not? Yeah, you know, like William. Imagine a a scenario where William starts out the season hot. Not difficult to imagine. Pedro's still out. Like, why would he fuck that up and and switch it up? You know, Pedro's not like much better than him or anything. 
No, I, I think that's definitely a you know, so there's a, that could occur. That's that small bit of chance is crazy if you get William at seven starting attack seven, around Chelsea. That's and that's the thing is seven is just so cheap that even though their opening fixtures aren't fantastic, him and also Fabregas I think is is in direct competition for your FPL spot there. I think there's just more security of start with William, and I, I do do think he's on pens. Which is big, but um, yeah, and and one thing you brought up to me is like you look at someone like Alonzo, who you know we talked about him last pod, but he's also seven, so same price. When they have a bad run of fixtures and they start off the season with a very bad run of fixtures, that you you'd rather have an attacker than a defender because yeah, it, they're not going to be the type of games where Chelsea's going to win three nil, four nil, you know, so they're going to have to be tighter at the back. Possession's going to be more even. So you'd rather have an attacker because they have more a better chance to score. It's not the type of game where Alonso's just going to be in the opponent's box the entire game, you know. So starting yeah, out the all, season, it just seems like you know Willian is great. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because it's an interesting thing. You can look at someone like Willian and a four-five defender versus Alonso and a four-five midfielder, and in those games where they have tougher fixtures, where it's almost more assured that they're not going to keep a clean sheet, which is basically the attacking return of a defender, you have you feel a little bit better that you'll get an attacking return from William who's playing actually much more further forward than Alonso. And I've seen a lot of debates about looking at these types of seven million and, and six five, whatever, these mid price midfielders in competition against like Alonso or Milner. And I think that there's no doubt that at the end of the season you'll look at Alonso's total point score and that will eclipse the vast majority of the 7 million midfielders, even the 7-5 and some 8 million midfielders. But what you're not considering in that in that just small scope of looking at the argument is that you want to ride your attacking players based on form, fixtures that are upcoming. You want to hop on and off of those hot players versus someone like Alonso who's a set and forget. And you know that his point total is going to be very high at the end of the season. But you ideally, if you're using five or six transfers over the course of 25 game weeks on your, you know, fourth midfield midfield spot that you're going to outperform Alonso in that same spot. So I have a lot more fun playing the game by getting those kind of midfielders, and I just I enjoy it more because I have seen a lot of four three threes and things like that where players people are going for the Alonzos of the world. Just not really how I enjoy playing the game. Right, and that goes back to what we were talking about with forwards, where it's where do you want to take your chances? Where do you want to mix and match? You know, and so we're choosing to go heavy forwards, a couple budget mids, maybe one, maybe not heavy defender. If you're going seven on Alonzo, that's that's a guy that he doesn't really have a high ceiling. Like he's not going to drastically outperform last season. So that that's a spot that you're not going to be changing. And I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but basically, exactly what you're saying, like. If at seven with Willian, even if he just lasts three weeks, that three-week period in a vacuum, we think he'll outscore Alonzo, and then we can jump somewhere else. Right. Yeah. And then we'll think that next player will outscore Alonzo from game week four to nine. Right. Example. And that's that's what we're banking on. There's yeah. so many guys in this range. Yeah. Because yeah. you I mean, yeah. Okay. So I want to hear your thoughts on Ramsey, though, because I'm totally off Ramsey. I don't really, I'm not really thinking about him. It hasn't really been in my draft once. Yeah, I, I was off him for a while, and, and everyone else on like a lot of sites I've seen was on him, and I didn't understand it. But just watching some Arsenal games and some Arsenal highlights in preseason and then looking back to his game log, how he ended last season, and, and Wenger conceding that he's probably just going to stay with the three five two or three four three, however you want to call it. He's just so good in this formation. Like, he basically is the same position as, like, he's, like, equivalent to, like, a number 10 in a more traditional formation because Shaka just walks around and doesn't make runs at all. And Ramsey's job is just, like, the overlapping run, like, the late run into the box. And, like, he ended the season the exact way that he's began this preseason, which is just those kind of late runs, scoring goals, picking up assists. And... The last thing is just 
I've been thinking a lot, like I, I feel like I always think a lot about coverage and we talked about this last pod and how I think it's totally bullshit because, you know, what coverage means is like if you don't have any Arsenal player, then you're going to get fucked and I think that's wrong and stupid. You can be fine without an Arsenal player. But on the other hand, the way I see Ramsey is like, he's just like a piece of the Arsenal pie and it, it's, a, it's a big enough piece that I think it's significant. Arsenal will be a top team this year, and they will score a lot of goals. So like Willian or Fab, like if you can find someone in the 7 million range that's going to be a significant chunk of that, then I think that's really good value, and that's what I think Ramsey is. Whereas like, yeah, like you look at like United or something, like it's really only Lukaku. Like there's no one else to really consider until we see something that tells us differently. You know, it's it's hard at that price to get a piece of any of the big teams. Like, I don't think the Liverpool guys are safe either. Like, you know, Wijnaldum, Lallana are much riskier, I think, than Ramsey. So it's just, to me, it just screams value. Like, there's, there's Alexis super high. I'm sure he'll be great if he stays. There's Ozil we both liked. We covered him last spot. But I think Ramsey will have good, very good returns and a very nice, substantial piece of the Arsenal pie. And for $7 million, I think that's that's well worth it. Okay. That sounds okay. I mean, I just think he sucks and he's a piece of shit. So <laughs> I'll leave you we, with we've, him. Like, we've seesawed, me and you, like back and forth uh, so much on Ramsey. One like, of us loves him at every moment of every day. And the other hates him at that exact same moment. I think he really needs to go back to highlighter head. That would be huge. I mean, give me if you if he shows up in next game with highlighter head, he's fucking straight in my team. Yeah, like Euros Ramsey, immediately straight in my team. Ah, uh, Euros Wales Ramsey was fucking the yeah. best. Best favorite Ramsey. Ramsey, the best Ramsey. All right, let's jump up then because you're starting to talk about United, and I I don't real I agree with your final sentiment there until proven otherwise. But they have a trio of eight o. Mids, yeah. Papa, what do you think about Martial and Mkhitaryan? Someone will emerge. One of those players will prove to be tremendous value. We don't know which one yet. We don't know if Mourinho is going to actually favorite son one of them. We already we already know Pogba is, but for all of the stats he created last season and how good his stats were, I mean, he wasn't finishing his dinner and he wasn't getting FPL points. So he's still playing in a fairly reserved role, kind of shackled to creating his creating chances are springing counters from the you know mid park yeah so i think it's got to be mctarian or martial there because if you think about martial maybe he's like a little competition with rashford for a spot depends on the formation but martial shows such quality at, at some times that i mean when he came over from france he was in almost all of our teams at one point because of the united thing Victorian is only one season removed from an outstanding statistical season from Dortmund. If either of those players get consistent run and are not getting subbed off Mata style at 60th minute, I think that's going to be a big, a big place that we're going to have to address immediately. Yeah, I think there's potential. I, I definitely think there's also potential that none of them end up coming through. I mean, United still had a good, se- decent season last year, and none of them did anything. You know, there there are other ways for them to score, but. It's definitely worth monitoring. I don't think there's any reason on earth to start your season with any of them, though. I think um, Paul, there would be an okay reason. I think if you can, he's just you so figure your deep. Budget. I mean, if they buy a defensive midfielder, fine. But like, yeah, I just, I don't know. There's... I could, I could see it if you don't have Lukaku and you want a United attacker. The fixtures are so good. Maybe he'll walk his way into some returns, but. I mean, he's not in my team, but and I'd rather have a seven million guy instead. That's what I mean. I could, I mean, I I could just, see it. I just, I could see it. I'm sure yeah. fucking a million plus people are doing it. I just think yeah. it's a bad decision. Yeah. Okay. Fair, but I do think that's one to monitor very closely. Yeah, for sure. But it looks like he's favoring someone and uh, Marshall and McTarian, and they're starting consistently in the league. I, I think you got to hop on quick. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, we we were hot on Marshall in preseason last season. And then he just barely played and and didn't really do anything, so whatever. But, I mean, honestly, like, Pogba, the best thing you can say about Pogba right now is he's nailed for 90 minutes. Yeah, that's the main thing. That's his main thing, and he's he's owned by 20% of teams. It's fucking crazy. 
Yeah, it's a lot of high percent. Yeah. So let's go over to the other side of Manchester with City. You have Sané eight five, and you have both Silvas at eight. I've seen Sané in a lot of teams. Very consistent starts towards the end of last season. Returned at a pretty pretty decent clip, but it's a it's a big price. Eight five is almost teetering on premium bracket. Sane screams like the kind of guy to me at this bracket that you're just looking for coverage in a team when you might be better off dropping down to the seven millions. I don't think it's very realistic to think that Sane is going to wildly outpace some of these seven million midfielders we discussed earlier. Um, I'm kind of kind of off Sane because of that price and how much value there are in players underneath him. And then in terms of the Silvas and Sterling, I think it's just going to be rotation central among them. I I, and, that, and that's what I was going to say. Re Sane also. There's just there's just too much action. We don't know shit yet. Like it's almost the West Ham situation, except for like KDB Aguero Jesus, where it's just like both fullbacks are changed. They have a bunch of additional wingers slash midfielders. Like let's just see how it plays out because I don't yeah. know how it's going to play out. I mean, I do feel like Sané is more reasonably secure for his starts just because of yeah. how long of a he's definitely a, ahead of Sterling for sure. Yeah, I just don't know if he's going to make that step up to be earning or giving you value at an eight-five price point because his returns when he was starting regularly were okay, and I guess they would be reasonable for an eight-five midfielder like what he was doing at the end of last yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. I can't see him like slam dunk. He's going to take a big, huge step forward and score fifteen goals. Right, or something. I agree with that. I mean, he so is. That's what you he want is incredibly young. Yeah, but he's just his he finishing. didn't. He didn't know. really show it. Like he's he's really good. He's an incredible player. Yeah, he's very skillful. Very very like one of the top young players in Europe for sure. But there weren't really many flashes of him like you know finishing well or. He's just so inconsistent. Like, yeah, he's really fast. He just always shoots right to the keeper. Last season, I don't know what he's up to. Yeah, him. and his his passing isn't great. Yeah. His crossing isn't great. He, he just if he starts being consistent, he's auto in every team. But I don't. We yeah. both agree he didn't really show that. Yeah, we'll and have to see. Bernardo's really, really good. I fucking loved him. Someone tweeted like earlier today, like. Monaco's incredible young team getting like torn apart by oil money is the most football thing ever. Yeah, they're losing everyone. Yeah, they're... yeah. Bernardo's good, but for FPL, I mean, we gotta yeah. wait and see. We just what gotta he's wait. To. Yeah, I yeah, gotta wait and see. Same with Raz. I mean, he was a fucking mess last year in yeah, and out of the team, in and out of form. David Silva's always the string puller and the puppeteer, but at eight, I think that they're gonna have to rotate someone like him with his injury history and things like that with the amount of games they're going to have early doors with Champions League. City's a tough one. Like you mentioned, I think De Bruyne, Aguero, Jesus are probably, and Sané, I think, are probably the four most secure attacking spots, but they're going to still, all four of them are still going to miss their periodic game early doors. So it's so just got to expect it. But if they're going to be scoring three plus and lead the league and goal scored as the team, then you want to, you know. You having having Aguero or Kevin sure feels nice. Mm-hmm. Anyone else here? I mean, I think Classens at seven five, an interesting name we haven't discussed yet. Similar to Rooney, where I think that he could prove to be a valuable piece, valuable cog once the fixtures get better. I think he's sort of similar to Ramsey in that he makes his he earns his money in his late runs into the box, and he kind of scores a lot of goals from close range, running in from midfield. But he's a classy player. I'm I'm interested to see how he settles with Everton. Um, you know, the Dutch connection with their Dutch half manager is always an interesting thing to see how he kicks on. But yeah, it looks Klassen's, like he's going to have that number 10 role very nailed down with Barkley on his way out. Yeah, Klassen's great. It'll just depend. Unfortunately, his returns will depend a lot on Sandro and Rooney. Because right, if they're just, like, not good and not scoring a lot of goals, then who gives a fuck who's playing number 10? But They need Balassi back. Yeah, that would be nice for them. Some piss. Anything um, else in this midfield bracket you want to touch on? I, I mean, I barely Miles, touched on Siggy. the Liverpool guys. I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go near either of them. Milano, Wijnaldum, they're both really interesting as well. I have no idea who's first choice with Coutinho moving back into midfield. There's limited room for them. Yeah, there's one they small. might just be rotated like constantly. I could easily see that, and it's probably a best decision. Um, I don't know if there's anyone else. All right, let's go to D. Yeah. Oh, son. Uh, yeah, he's dead, so I don't know. 
Is he dead? I still don't understand. How have Tottenham not bought a winger? Like, you have fucking Lamella's out and Son's out. Who are they? What are they even playing? What are they doing? Have they bought anyone? Mm, I don't know. I'm trying to think of anyone. And I they may have bought zero humans, which they is sold, just they sold Kyle ludicrous, ludicrous. They need depth. I mean, if anything showed us, yeah, confirm they have not bought anyone. Can they've sold. Confirm. What is they've made? Levy is pro- Levy probably has all of their money in some like very high fluctuating, high risk like <laughs> stock market. No Ponzi fund. scheme for <laughs> sure. Ponzi. And he's waiting until like the last day where he has to like withdraw it or something. He's probably making. Billions on the money that Actual he has the billions. from all this shit. Fucking bullet, yeah, their transfer balance fucker. right now is plus seventy five point seven million, yeah. just based on the players they've sold and they haven't gotten anyone. And they're going to end up spending half of that on Ross fucking dick fuck Barkley, who's horrible. Yeah, Levy definitely controls the universe. But at the same time, their starting eleven costed them like yeah, like twenty mil. Yeah, thirty million or something, and now it's worth like a fucking trillion dollars. So it's yeah. probably a lot better than that than we are. Yeah. So let's dig into the five five defenders. There's a lot, lot of names here. A kind lot of, break it down of by action. team. Where do you want to? Uh, how do you want to do this? Um. Yeah, I, I liked team how we did defenders on last pod. I think that's okay. good. Um, so Arsenal have kind of two five five options with Monreal, Mustafi. And then at 5-0, they have Murdisacker and Holding, one of whom may emerge if they stick with the three at the back. Possibly, probably not. You'd think that their back three would be Monreal, Mustafi, and Kishalmi. Um, I mean, do you think that it's worth paying the extra for Kolasinic at six for wing back? Or no, I'd probably go Monreal. If I wanted Arsenal defense, I think I'd go Nacho. I think he's yeah. very, very nailed his versatility assures that I think more than okay. other players and okay. he was really good in bonus towards the end of the season and their defense was really good at towards the end of the season in the new it formation. Was very good. Once they switched formation it was yeah. really good. So I, I think Nacho has a nice year. Yeah, a little bit underpriced there I think too, because a lot yeah. of the premium nailed defenders are six and up. He so. should be six. Yeah, it's pretty good value yeah. there. Yeah. Same with Mustafi I mean Mustafi if they if Monreal is going to be playing in as a center back in the back three, yeah. I think I would maybe hedge towards Mustafi if he seems secure for starts because yeah, he's, he, he has a lot more about him on set pieces. Yeah, he can dunk. Everton have Keenan Williams and like fucking Baines and Coleman, all those fucks. I mean, Coleman knows how to organize a defense. The fixtures are just so bad at the beginning of the season. Their defense all is going to be great, for. but yeah, I agree with you. It's just stay all we can hope for are some price drops and then maybe in, you know, no, Cuco Martina. Martina, yeah. Game, bookmark Cuco Martina, game week six. He's straight in. Coleman is dead as fuck. Martinez four five. Like there's no one else to even consider on Everton defense. Yeah, he should emerge over Holgate and Kenny, that child. Yeah, the thing that some people don't understand, like regarding someone like Pickford, is that when you go from the actual by far worst team in the league, like Sunderland, to a good team like Everton with a good defense. Yes, he'll get more clean sheets, but the number of shots that someone like Everton concedes is so few way 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 under a team like Sunderland so the amount of saves and save points that he's going to end up getting are going to be way less and that means like the amount of bonus that he's going to be getting are going to be is going to be way less and you know that's inherently why we never part of the reason why we never get the premium keepers is just you you miss out on all that shit yep agree um, looking at Liverpool, they have a, a lot of 5-5 five, five options. I don't know. The fixtures are a little mixed bag at the beginning. If you're shopping in the 5-5 five, five bracket, I think they're well below a couple of the other teams we're looking at. However, they did finish last season with a lot of cleans. Yeah, I mean, I think our defense will be good again, not great, and it's probably not worth digging into. If we get someone like Van Dyke and Keita, who <laughs> rumored still to get both of them, then like, okay, maybe maybe they go up another echelon into a very good defense, but that's not happening yet. Yeah, or, or, I mean, maybe Milner gets injured and we see Robertson at 5-0 stepping forward. Right. And that would be amazing. Right, exactly. Or fucking, United, fucking Trent Alexander-Arnold, are the true legend. gem. Yeah. The true legend. United have a bunch of fucks. 
But Lindelof, I guess, is the main guy who could be the center back preferred partner to Bailly at five five. But the thing to met him a little bit last, but yeah, go ahead. I I, I just don't. I'm not sold that Lindelof is any better than Phil Jones or Chris Smalling or Rowe yeah, I mean, or Blind. I haven't seen enough of them, but they paid a lot. So they paid I, that a would lot lead me to believe part, that he is better. But part of the reason you pay a lot is the contract he's on, which was probably long on his age. And the team yep. and United yep. are, are always going to have to pay more than other teams because they have so much money. I don't know. Like, he's fucking 20 or something. Like, he was fucked up that preseason and stuff. I I still think Smalling is good. And I think Phil Jones is pretty good, too. And I think Blind is pretty good, too. I just don't... A lot of competition. Yeah, I'm just not sold. I, I don't know why everyone in the world is jumping on Lindelof. No one has seen him play other than like a little bit of Euros. Like he's good. I don't. He, is he actually that much better on the ball than like Blind? Probably not. Yeah, I mean, no, but he's maybe not like a small fuck. Yeah, so. but Blind is always great when he's there. Like yeah, their defense I, I is think, very, very good already. I, I yeah, just don't I, know. I, I agree. I think also with Lindelof, even if he is playing regularly, which is a big doubt for the game week one side. He has absolutely no attacking intent. So Zero. If I'm going to be shopping in this bracket. I would either want to pay the point five more to make sure that my guy's starting and get by, or look somewhere else. You know. Yeah, I fully so agree. Not not big on any of these United guys to at this point. Yeah, I agree. City, City. I'm interested in with Mendy being injured. If like Danilo is going to suddenly, he, I know he's normally playing right back his bulk majority, but he has played a few games at left back. I don't. They don't have a lot of fullbacks. Danilo's 5'5", five five and I fucking love him. Yeah, he's he, so he's good on Porto before he went to Real and just stopped playing. But he was on like pens for them sometimes and as like backup pen takers and a lot of direct of fees. Everyone who's he's ever so played fast. FIFA knows about him. He's yeah, just he's like so fast. He's so everything. good. Yeah. He's so good. I just feel like he's the perfect player that Pep's going to put in a position as like inverted fucking winger backwards, <laughs> upside fuck. down fuck. Like, he's going to put him at goal and he's just going to run up and play center forward. <laughs> I think Danilo is going to be at some point like a serious thing somewhere. I don't know how or he's going to play like fucking holding midfield but inverting into a one ten formation with yeah, like why Yaya. I don't know, but I, I love Danilo at 5-5. Five five. I think that can't really start with him, but I, I think that he's going to emerge at some point. I can't wait to have him. On yeah, team. and similarly, you can't really start with Stones or Auda because we don't know who's yeah. nailed. But yeah. City defense should be good. We talked about it last it should week. Should be though. good. We talked about. It. I mean, the second the company gets injured, there will be a nailed five-five option from. City, yeah, and so that'll be great. That'll be soon. So that's something to, to look out for. Yep. And then I don't know. We've saved best for last, but I mean, Trippier is definitely the five-five. You know, soup du jour. He's the golden <laughs> soup du jour. <laughs> 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 Wasn't Trippier the guy that we we said once upon a time like if if Giroud and Graziano Pelle looked like Trippier and Ings they'd be in like yeah. League One? <laughs> yes, that's very. very it's still the truest the thing we've ever said, bro. So true, yeah. so true. Um, yeah, he's he's he just couldn't be more nailed. There's no, not not a single fantastic. bad thing you could possibly say about him regarding no, FPL. He's fantastic. Yep. And then we have some miscellaneous 5-5 five, five guys with like PVA and, and Bertrand. I don't know. PVA, is, Bert- it's kind of unfair to him to be priced that high, even though he's a goal-scoring yeah. ledge. It's just, five would have been good. Five would have been like really good. 5-5 five, five seems a little high. A little high, especially because he's playing schlup over him early doors. I don't know what's up with that. Yeah, I love Bertrand. Um, Bertrand to 5-5 five, five with those fixtures. I mean, he's the real competition. Like I would have yeah. Bertrand over Lindelof, not even a remote question. That's about. not even, yeah. Like it's they're close. I, they're I incomparable. Think, yeah, I think he would be the second to me next to Trippier would be the second five five guy I would slide with. Yeah, I fully agree. And he has he actually has history of attacking returns, which is like the one thing that shies me away from Cedric, which like right. a lot of people have. It's like Cedric, yeah, he, he's fast, yes. Yeah, he crosses a lot and he's like kind of classy and like good looking and stuff. But he like never actually gets attacking returns, yeah, and he just gets card yellow cards all the time. Yeah, he kind Bertrand. of just like runs, looking straight down. He runs forward and just sends in like a dog shit yeah. ball. 
That's doesn't look thing. up and just sends in a cross. Yeah, so it's like, okay, you get, yeah, he creates chances on stats, but like that's bullshit. Watch so him. let's talk, let's look down to the 5-0 bracket. Southampton, a lot of, lot of guys there. Cedric, as you mentioned, along with Yoshida and Stevens. If Van Dyke goes, it makes both of them a lot more secure. I think Southampton defense, you know, looking at the fixtures, they're fantastic. Definitely think Bertrand, if you can't afford it, is worth the point five over Cedric, but I still think Cedric's an absolutely phenomenal Oh, he's still a great choice. Five. Yeah, I didn't mean to say he's a bad choice. I just like... I in comparison. Know. Yeah, in comparison to Bertrand, yeah, that's he's why more than point five, five worse, in my opinion. Yeah, that's fun. Southampton at five looks really good. A lot of good five value guys, I think. I mean, again, Murdersacker holding, if one of them somehow emerges, that's just gold. Five route to Arsenal. Yep. Bournemouth have a couple really good five options in Ake and Daniels. We all um, know about Ake. Yeah, it's a, that's a tough one because Daniels is just so consistent. But to me, when you looked at what Ake did from a points per game perspective, like standpoint when he was with Bournemouth last year, it was just otherworldly. He could have been priced at eight and he would have been earning that. Yeah, it so was, I don't know where it was the like fuck midfield type of returns. Yeah, I don't know where the fuck he's going to play, but every single game he was either goaling or clean with bonus. With anyway. bonus, that's the yeah. thing. He had so much bonus. Yeah, so I mean, I'm a big Ake fan. I like Ake over Daniels. That's a personal preference. To me, me too. Though. I think it's very close. Can't go wrong with either. Yeah, um, no, I, lo- I love Circus Charlie. He's like an original FMLPL fanfic, yeah. but Absolutely. he just, I don't know, I feel like he slows down a bit. He's obviously not on pens anymore, which is when yeah. we originally fell in love with him. And yep, yep, yep. And then looking down the down the table, we've got Palace with, it seems like they're very, just one they're more trying thing, like, very hard. I don't understand like how Circus Charlie is good. Like I'm just thinking about him right now. Just looking at him and what his skill set is. Yeah, he's like, he runs like Phil Bardsley. Like, <laughs> he can't like make lateral movements. He's he just so runs slow and like bad. Yeah. But then he just, like, megs two defenders and scores a (laughs) screamer. Yeah, that's a good point. We need to get some YouTube. Yeah, I need a compilation of Circus Charlie Daniels. Um, With actual circus music would be very fitting for that reason. Man, Photoshop of Bozo, Clown (laughs) Nova. They're very, very much trying to price all Palace defenders at five. We just got that Riedewald kid from Ajax who came in at five. We have Schlupp and Dan both at five. Um, we don't need to talk about Ward because he's awful. But Schlupp at five, if he's playing as like that wing back hybrid, whatever in the three four three, is very interesting. On is the there any side, chance he plays there though? Yeah, that's what he's been playing at preseason. I don't but know if he's been like, knocked. He's not been playing. I don't know if he's oh, knocked or if he's just. Soon. Yeah, no, I don't know what's going on there. That's what I'm saying. And what I does that mean? See... Ward is the other one. No, Ward's Ward's probably right right center, center back. back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he sucks, but he's a better. I ball feel like player. he's That's good a... at right center back. That's like where yeah. he belongs. The, I agree with that, but Tompkins is fifty times better of a right, right center right, back right, than right. him. So if Tompkins is fit and and he should be automatically an over Ward, and it looks like Townsend's going to be playing some weird ass role over there. I don't know what's happening, but. Okay. Schlupp's an interesting name. Dan, if he's playing in the center of the three, he's not his 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 deficiency will, will be very well masked, and he will still have that goal threat. Yeah, he got he got a price pieces. decline because yeah. he kind of was out of favor at the end of last year, but he still scored three goals in like half a season. Yeah, it's a thing. I haven't seen Dan in a single team, and I've actually been looking at him very hard because he is a five goal a season center back based off of how many touches he gets in the box and shit and he's just such a fucking monster on corners and indirect set pieces where i think he's a little under the radar definitely i think think, yeah like sometimes as we pod things come come to the forefront and i think scott dan is one of them i think that's a terrific pick at five yeah could be a good pick Um, or just the palace should just sell him to pulis for like 50 million no, God, I couldn't. Can you imagine if Pulis had Macaulay, Dawson, and Dan? I mean, Pulis doesn't have enough money because he's fucking buying all the land in Wales. <laughs> so he couldn't, like, buy Dan off us. Like, it's ridiculous. Oh, Pulis. Lester, Lester, West Brom, Swansea. It's just like a trio of center back fuckfests. You have, like, Harry Maguire. I love Maguire. Dawson, Dawson on West Brom, Mawson on Swansea. All priced at 5 0, all center backs that carry a significant goal threat. What are you thinking about these guys? I mean, I my honestly, fir- my the five zero up, five zero to me, defense is just like where the money's going to be made because there's it's a similar lot of guys. to like the seven range on mids. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, there you could create a team with five five zero defenders from these types of middle mid mid tiered Premier League sides that all have significant attacking intent, and you could rotate them based on the clean sheet points and maybe hit on a couple goals here. No, and there you would just start all end five. up with a lot of points. You would just start all five. I like per, if someone's going nuts and doing like a five back or a four back. I almost prefer that. I prefer five saving fives. the money. Yeah, just like and then have six or four attackers. or four fives, and then you still have actually money to make like a not horrible rest of your team. Uh, okay, keep talking. But anyway, right I have a question. What since when is like West Morgan the least nailed guy on Leicester? Well, the thought is that his spot's gone for uh, Huth is preferred over him, and McGuire's going to play over Why him. Why is but... Huth preferred over him? Because fucking this to Bob. Bob, because he's not Jamaican. Come on, dude. I don't know what to tell you. Jamaican's I mean, Huth playing is USA also... in the finals right now. I don't know. Huth is also injured, so I don't know what whatever that yeah, means. Yeah, like I was looking at McGuire because I love Harold, and he's great. And I think it's like a perfect, absolutely perfect fit for him. But then I saw Wes Morgan at 4-5, and I was like, wait, what? Why? He's captain. Like, he should be ahead of Huth. Yeah, I mean, he should be, but I, I don't If know he's nailed, then, things. like, obviously I'm taking Wes Morgan over Maguire, but... Maybe it's, like, a left-sided, right-sided center-back thing with mm. whatever the fuck Maguire does. Like, Maguire can play know. anywhere, dude. Come on. He should be able to, but I'm just trying to speculate. Yeah, no, I know. Okay. Yeah, that's weird. That's just a weird thing that I saw, but... Yeah, I mean, love Alfie, too. I think Swansea is actually very interesting to me. Um, We all know about Bob Bradley, rest in peace. But they really turned it around last season. Like, the last... What did I... I have it written down, actually. Last 13 games of the season, they conceded 16 goals with five cleans. You know, so that was, like, a little bit after Clement started and then through the end of the season. Last six games of the season, they conceded three goals. Like, he has, he has one intention there, and that's just to make them not the worst team in the league and not concede goals. And they'll stay up that way, and that makes sense for a team like Swansea. Yeah, I think totally their agree. defense is good. I think, you know, I'm getting into a little budget region, but, like, Fabianski and Naughton and shit are good, really good picks. And if you're willing to spend five on a Swansea defender, which sounds bad it feels bad i think alfie and olsen are both really good attacking guys to get yeah i think i think that's sound i think swansea could turn some heads with some cleans there i think floppy hands is a good goalie there also a four five cheapest route in um i think there's just a lot of action at that five million yeah five is starting to get me fucking wet dude five is good there are just so many guys that are on teams that when they have good fixtures, you'll think that they'll get a clean. Yeah, five is basically very, every above average guy in the game yeah, is five. And also just very, very good threat for attacking intent. Like every one of these teams has one guy who you feel like on every set piece could possibly score a goal in that moment and things like that. So it's a, it's an interesting bracket to shop, and I haven't really looked too much at yeah, me neither. restructuring to it. But now that I'm now that I'm sticking some fives in there, it looks like pretty fucking tasty. Yeah, it feels good. There's even like font in there. There's yeah, I mean, the, the Cresswell, list just goes dude. on and on. Cresswell, Cresswell, fucking. I mean, we just talked about United. There's a chance Phil Jones is starting. That's insane if he is. What are we up to? Are we are we re, are we ripping it apart? Oh my god, dude! Five. Five million just, defenders and seven million mids, and just like that's it. That's all I need in life, right there. I'm getting very excited right now. Yeah, no, no. The sweat is is trickling down the back of my neck. Feels okay, good. This is this is a big rethink down the line. Do you want to talk about goalies? We're getting a little long. We're pushing an hour. We just need to cover them really fast. Because can you just do it? And it I don't want to. Yeah, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna do it. There's. Okay. There's only, as far as I see it, six five million goalies to consider. We'll we'll do four, five, and four next week on the budget, guys. But there's Heaton, who, if you listen to this pod, you know I think is the by far best goalie in the game, and he'll probably, and it's pretty indisputable that he'll probably end the season as the highest scoring goalie. It's just whether you want to spend five to get there. Um, there's Pickford, we talked about earlier. There's Schmikes. 
good goalie, solid team. A lot of these guys are just like decent to good goalie on, on middling teams. Mignolet, you know, he gets shit on a lot, but he had a really good year last year. If Liverpool get, you know, again, same shit. If Liverpool get VVD and Kaita and shit, maybe they turn into a 15 clean sheet year a year team. So could be good. Um, Forster, I like a lot. Um, we talked about Southampton's fixtures, Ree, Cedric, and Bertrand. But, yeah, I mean, just just take a look at them. The game weeks 1 through 11, they have one bad fixture. And it's home United, which isn't even, like, that bad. It's not, it's not at City. It's, like, decent, you know. They probably did well against United last year. I don't really remember, though. Um, and then there's Butland, who is the under-the-radar guy. Um, we both really, really like Butland. I had Lee Grant for a lot of the season last year. We know Stoke can, can keep some cleans. Butland came in, I think, at 5-5 last year because he was such a monster in 15-16. He's like a save, pen save type of bonus machine. He's like a Pickford type of guy. Um, so I really like that. And they got Zuma, which makes them better. But game weeks one through eight are just nightmare zone. So it's a it's a pretty firm stay away until at least game week nine for Stoke. Um, that's basically it for goalie. I don't know. Is Walsh here? Hey. hey he's still here. Okay. I thought you like left the room or something. I felt very alone in this moment. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what you just said, but I'm sure it was all great. Yeah, I just I've ran, been, ran I've just through. been tinkering. I've been tinkering. You're tinkering while I'm doing putting in fucking work over here? Yeah. yeah good you. to know. Fuck okay. Off. Okay. Um, so what do we got next pod? We're going to go into the budgetary, budgetary world of life. Yeah, I'm trying to see if any of these fan questions kind of are relevant now or if maybe Dude, they'll... I don't, I'm, like, fucking pouring money into defense, and I just, like, it's such a hard thing to justify I have having, so much money in defense. I know, but that's, it's like having the extra point five for that attacking intent and then having, like, drop down for your your midfield guy, like, it just makes me think that just starting four at the back would be better. I know. Yeah, it's hard. I don't know, but yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, I that's know. what... All right, so here's a fan question. Luke, FPL Thunshot, legend. How have your views on team formation changed? I've been tinkering 3-5-2 and 4-4-2, but something keeps bringing me back to good old 3-4-3. I mean, it's very relevant. It. I don't think there's a wrong answer. It's really no, something it's that we... preference. Yeah, that's what we uncovered, I think, last week when we were talking through, like, three heavy forwards or whatever, 3-5-2... It's personal preference. There's so many good players in the league. There's so many good value picks right now in FPL. It feels that way, at least. That I don't think any any of the formations are wrong, and I think any of the formations have potential to like win your league. It's just you know where where do you want to place your bets, basically? Yeah, I mean, there are so many defenders that are priced at five million who you would expect to get about six or seven attacking returns in addition to the clean sheets. I mean, that's realistically you're returning every other game almost, or like, you know, between every third game or every other game at that pro- the, the price per million at 5 million is just outstanding. And looking at what you can afford, I mean, I just have a team here. I have Dan Dawson, Trippier, McGuire, Ake at the back, midfield of Zaha, Tadic, De Bruyne, William, Ramsey, and then I have Canaguero and Fodder at my third striker spot there. That's like a 5-5-2. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, realistically, you could chop and change and fuck around with who you're starting each week, but you have so many options there where you're going to have you know good matchups every week and good fixtures for your defender or for your midfielder or whatever the fuck. I, I guess one thing if, that was kind of broken record last season is that if we're talking about relatively expensive guys like five O defenders who are like mid mid tiered, and we're talking about getting guys who have good attacking returns, then they're not really rotational options because that's yeah, not that's, when they get their attacking returns. They get them whenever the fuck. Yeah, that's the problem. Is so that that's, you still will want I to rotate these? Yeah, I wouldn't want if I go the route of like five million guys. I'm gonna start them. I'm not planning on rotating them. You know, but that's a, it's the issue is that you still will want to start them for home bankers or fixtures where you think they're going to get a clean, and you just hope that their attacking return hits on the the weeks that you're starting them. 
because you still need to play your your defenders for clean sheets first. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough one. Because at the same time, then I go back to what I've gotten, and, and then I have Ollie in there at midfield, and I still have some of the same teams covered, like with the Tompkins or Francis, and then, you know, me and shit like that, and I'm just rotating them around hoping for right, so, yeah, clean sheets. I think going the budget route, if you're going to rotate, is better for that reason. Yeah. Because you'll miss some of the attacking returns and that dents their value. And therefore like saving 0.5 is probably just better. But if you're just starting like right now, you know, this is far from game week one, but right now I've Milner, Bertrand and Trippier in my team. So like they're not moving. I'm going to get yeah. all of their attacking returns and their clean right. sheets. I don't give a shit right. who they're playing. It doesn't matter. Right. Right. If I was going, like I said, a, the 5 million route, I think I would get guys that I'm setting and forgetting. Like, you don't want to get someone like fucking Cresswell if you're not starting him every week, in my opinion, because he has such high attacking potential. Yeah. But then at the same time, it's like... I know what you're saying about the clean sheets, but I mean, I guess that's why the better... Team, the guys on the better team are priced accordingly is because like right. you can set and forget Trippier and he's going to get you easily double digit clean sheets no question yep. but yeah it's harder with like I don't know West Brom they might get seven clean sheets or five <laughs> who knows yeah oh, nightmare it's a tough game I don't know I, don't I just know. feel like I always fuck up rotation is really what it comes down to we had a we had a at FPL Sage said, why are we not talking about rotating cheap defenders? And, well, you know, we'll talk about that well, next, next pod. That's what, I, that's what I always do. Yeah, we, we do usually do that. And I think we'll talk more about cheapies on next pod, but I just always fuck it up. Whenever I, like, look at some sort of season ticker and I'm just like, oh, like, this guy here, this guy here, this guy here, it just doesn't work for me. And I fuck it up and it's bad. So I'm excited at the idea of just having like the three of the four most attacking guys in the game in my team who are all on good teams who I can just set and forget. That excites me. Maybe I'll just go like very, very crazy balanced team across the board for game week one and just fucking bench boost and then wild card immediately. Oh my God. (laughs) You just go five or five and a half mil at the back everywhere Starters everywhere, bench boost. That sounds really fun. Maybe I'll just fuck with that for a minute. I mean, it'll feel really good to have a high rank out the gate. Even though I'll probably bench boost into two points like normal. Yeah, but two points is like 100,000 places in game week one. It's not that crazy. It's not that crazy. Bench boost is fucking weird. It's crazy, but... Um, I, I need to. I need to go into like a, t- a fucking dark hole tonight and tinker my big time tinkers. This five million defender shit, dude. I've been like here and there, like, oh, there are a lot of five million defenders. No, no, I never really looked at a team with a lot of them in there, and I'm like rethinking because three five two feels good, and I like having the structure and blah blah blah, the seven million midfielders and shit. But having all the five guys and being able to rotate them around is really fun. And I don't know if the difference between like having someone like Ollie in the nine five bracket versus having someone in the seven bracket is worth the amount of upgrade that I would have across four positions on my defense to have guys that are all on good teams nailed with attacking threat. Like that rotation feels like it's plus pretty crazy. A decent player like Ramsey would out would outdo someone like Ollie plus the four or five nightmares that I have yeah, at that, the back instead. That, that makes I mean? sense. Yeah, no, that that makes complete sense to me. It just it doesn't feel as normal because you're going to be benching five million defenders and you're going to be benching money off the pitch, but I don't know. No, they're just. I mean, yeah, again, broken record because we were just going nuts about seven million defenders. But like, what is that thing that I once said? Like, fl- flexibility is key to stability, or something like that. Like, yeah, that, it was exactly that. Having this many options on this many like upper mid tier teams at 5 million it's not, it's is not bad mental yeah, it good. just means like no matter how your season starts and you're in the back you have someone good to change you no matter what yeah 
there's so much value. I just don't know if maybe it's like turning things on its head and thinking, trying to spend as much as you can on your starting 11. But at the same time, the reason why we take hits so many times more often than not is that we don't have good replacements for players when they get injured or yep. things like in real life when it happens. So if you have that and you're able to save the transfer and then double swap that guy out or something like that, like that pays back for however much you're benching for the hits. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and never like, I feel like every season we're like, ah, oh, we should have spent 85 million on our team, not a hundred million. We'd have the best yeah. team, you know, yeah, that always happens. You can figure out that budget. So it's like, yeah, having the majority on the pitch doesn't really mean shit. It just yeah. feels safer. Really is yeah. the only reason yeah. we do it. That is the reason. It feels safer. Yeah, like I, I want Lacazette, but like well, I want the fuck out of him. I yeah, but him I'm all the I'm time, not putting him I, in. I don't have him. Yeah, it doesn't feel great, but it's just the feels. God, life is hard, Adam. Life is hard. Look, wow, this was a good pod, pod dude. Oh, yeah, man. we're back, dude. I yeah, yeah I we. To, I need we, to go. I need to go beat it. <laughs> beat it. Eat dinner, etc. Yeah, I want to go watch USA. Okay, check us out. At fmlfl.com. Follow on Twitter at fmlfl. Email us at fmlfl at gmail.com. Join the league. Like us on Facebook or on Instagram. Bye.